Hey everybody, this is So Heidi, and you're listening to the Successful Fashion Designer Podcast. We all know that the fashion industry is brutally competitive and it takes loads of hard work to get ahead. The problem is that everyone's secretive and tight-lipped about their ways. After working as a designer and educator for over a decade, I wanted to help break down those barriers and bring you valuable knowledge from industry experts, and this show is exactly where you'll find that. Whether you're trying to break into the fashion world, make yourself more marketable, launch your own label, or become a successful freelancer, we'll help you get ahead in the cutthroat fashion industry. This is episode 61 of the Successful Fashion Designer Podcast, and today I'm chatting with Jackie Ayers. Jackie has a business called Dietology with hand-dyed textiles that she turns into scarves, dresses, and amazing designs for women. Her story is so fun and so inspiring. I know you guys are really, really going to love this episode. She started out working in the corporate fashion world for over 17 years, and her business really started on the side as a passion project. She spent three and a half years sort of slowly, organically building and growing what she never really intended to be a business, but what ultimately wound up being her business on the side, on top of working a full-time corporate job, traveling overseas for work, raising a 12-year-old, now 12-year-old son, and, and you know, managing her family and running her household. It's really, really phenomenal to hear how she juggled this all and then how she wound up taking the leap to going full-time and to really diving headfirst into her business. She talks so much about you know when she knew it was the right time to quit her job, what that whole journey was like, what the whole process of starting and building slow and small and taking her journey into building a fashion brand one baby step at a time. She's really had a lot of patience and diligence and has some really great advice on how you can do this, even if you have a full-time job, even if you have a family, even if you have a household to run and manage, even if you don't have any money. Um, So I really am excited for you guys to hear Jackie's story today and all the great advice she has on transitioning from working full-time into running her own business and starting what turned from a passion project into a business on the side. Uh, I can't wait for you to hear her story. As always, if you enjoy the Successful Fashion Designer Podcast, I would be thrilled if you would share this episode with a friend right now. Do me a favor, hit pause on the episode, hop onto Facebook or Instagram or whatever social media platform you hang out the most on and message someone on there and say, hey, I listen to this podcast. I think you'd really love it too. Send them a link to either this episode or whatever other episode you like. Um, The best way to help spread the word about the show is to share it with your friends. So please do me and all the other listeners out there a favor and help get the word out. Thank you so much. I really appreciate each and every one of you. Now, on to the interview with Jackie. To access the show notes for today's episode, you can visit sfdnetwork.com slash 61. Well, welcome, Jackie, to the Successful Fashion Designer Podcast. Can you please start out by introducing yourself to everybody out there listening and letting us know uh, who you are and what you do in the fashion industry? Sure. Heidi, thanks so much for having me on. Um, I'm Jackie Ayers. I am the owner and designer of Dietology, which Dietology is a a line of hand-dyed, all-natural fiber apparel and accessories. 
Awesome. So give uh, us a little bit of a backstory. Where did this all start? How was everything born? What's kind of your journey into this into this brand of dietology? <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> I have kind of a windy road. So I will love to share my story. Um, so I was in corporate design for 17 years. And I was my background, I'm got my fashion design degree. And um, then I went out into the big corporate world. You know, it's funny. Um, when I was done with school, I was like, Oh, I don't want to do my own thing. Like, no, I, I you know, I just want to work for someone. I that sounds horrible, like having your own thing. So mm. never say never, you know, I was like, Okay, I'm gonna, <laughs> go, I'm gonna go learn. And I'm in Columbus, Ohio. And we are really blessed because we have like this tremendous outpost of fashion companies, um, you know, Les Wexner, who started limited and limited brands and Abercrombie, you know, we're, they're all here. So we have amazing, um, you know, just selection of places that we can work. So, um, I, um, I have been fortunate to design everything from handbags and accessories, uh, personal care accessories, um, to denim, women's casual woven separates, outerwear, activewear, um, and handbags. Um, so I started my career um, at Bath and Body Works and Design. And then I left there. I was there for six plus years. And then, which in retail years, that's like, I closer to like 24, I think. <laughs> I think I think one year of retail, I think is at least equivalent to four years in my book. And then I went to Lane Bryant, um, was there for five years. And that was great. That's where I was. I um, was over a lot of categories. Um, denim was my passion. I really I think to this day, that was my most favorite um, category that I got to design into. And then lastly, um, I ended my corporate career um, at 31 Gifts. Um, and I was over the design team who did all the um, handbag, home, thermal, like all of the design work, uh, print and pattern, um, that designed all the products for 31 gifts. And, um, so, but during this time, that's when dietology was birthed. I, um, you know, I was very fortunate in my career. I got to travel the world, um, saw a lot of great places, um, got to be over great design teams, but you know, it was really difficult. Um, during this time of my career, um, I had my son, he's 12 now and it was really difficult. My husband has a job. He just, he's a Columbus police officer. So he recently just got on day shift. So when my son was born, he was on night shift. We don't have family in town. So when I would go off for two or three weeks internationally, it was a huge production to like try and get family here and make sure, you know, that we had coverage for our child. And, you know, it was stressful and it was hard. Um, so, you know, after I think after being back from maternity leave, I had been on three um, international trips within six months. So tra travel is great. Um, but I think once we threw our son into the mix, it just took on a different you know, it just took on something different because it became more stressful and it wasn't just about me leaving, you know, my husband, he didn't care, you know, where I was going, but you know, once we had our son, it was really hard. Um, and that was one of the reasons why I did leave Bath and Body Works was just the travel schedule. Um, 
And then, um, you know, the travel then, I had a little bit of a break at Lane Bryant, and, but then it picked up again, the international travel, and I'm gone missing his my son's birthday, missing occasions. And after a while, you're kind of like, you know, I wish I was home a lot more. And, um, you know, as you know, Heidi, working in, you know, a corporate fashion environment, you work a lot of hours. Yeah. And, you know, so cytology really began as just a passion project for myself. Like I didn't start it ironically enough as a business. I really wanted a creative outlet for myself. Um, yes, I was in a creative job. Um, but you know, I was over a team. I was leading teams. I wasn't, you know, you work your way up the ranks. And so I wasn't owning a specific category myself. So I was like, you know, I really want something creative for myself. And just being on the computer all day, like I really wanted to do something hands on. And so when I was getting my fashion design degree, I um, part of our curriculum was surface design. So I had learned um, back in my schooling, all the amazing different, you know, hand dyeing, batiking, screen printing, I had learned all that. And for my senior collection, I actually hand dyed most of my fabric. So it was a love then. And I just kind of walked away from it just because I was out in the world working and was busy. And so when I was like, okay, I really need something for myself, a creative outlet, I, I got back in, I dusted off my surface design books and, you know, got ordered dyes in and I, and I started, um, as a creative outlet. And then I remember that holiday season, I made gifts for friends. Um, and then it just evolved. Like the more I had to kind of get back into my rhythm, it was a little bit like riding a bike, but I will say like, I was a little rusty. And so I got, um, you know, more educated, you know, had to relearn techniques, learn new techniques. Um, I really just found myself enjoying it. And you get to a point where you just start making and making and making. And then my friends and family are like, what are you, what are you doing with all this stuff? Like, what do you do? Because <laughs> it's like, well, you kind of have a good point. Like, I do have a lot of stuff here in the house. What am I going to do? So it started off slowly. Um, I started doing some local art shows, which we're blessed in Columbus. We have such a rich art scene. Um, there's so many shows here that you can do, actually. And where I graduated from, they have a great, um, you know, alumni and student holiday event. So I remember that being one of my first shows to kind of dip my toe back in. And then it just progressed. Like I first started on Etsy because I was like, oh, you know, I can do Etsy. Like I didn't have to design a website, you know. And again, everything was very gradual. But the more I did it, the more I, I enjoyed it and really looked forward to, you know, being able to come home from my day job, you know, get my family taken care of and then go down in the basement for a couple hours and die and, you know, sew and do whatever I wanted. So that it was funny, it evolved because and then that's when I started to really see the potential of, oh, well, you know, I'm, I've am i been selling at shows, people, I kind of had proof of concept, as they say, you know, mm -hmm. I had good shows, people were responding, they really liked, you know, the color, they really liked the fact that, you know, Everything I do is really soft because it's natural fibers, um, a little bit different than, you know, what you see out there. And so along with that encouragement and seeing proof of concept, then it just evolved. And then when you let yourself dream a little bit, and I think that's what's really hard. You know, I, Heidi, you know, I was mar I married. I had a son and, you know, we have mortgage 
and car payments. And, you know, my I had worked very hard to get where I was at my job. And of course it was paying the bills. And then I think you just stop yourself and say, well, wait a minute, like, how can I do this business? Like it's taken me X amount in my career to get here and make so much like how on earth can I ditch this and do this full time? Um, so, you know, it, I would say, so it was about three and a half, four years before I went all in on my business. And in retrospect, I'm really glad that I had that time to finesse it and really see that it was something um, that after two years or whatever time that I wasn't done with, like, oh, that was a nice, fun hobby. Mm. I learned some great things because I, I will say I have a little creative um, OCD or a little, you know, <laughs> BSOS, bright, shiny object syndrome, you know, like, oh, like this, like I see everybody on Instagram now doing those fluid art paintings. And I find myself saying, oh my gosh, I so want to try that. And I'm like, no, <laughs> no, just stay in your lane. Like you've got enough supplies all over the, you, you know, you're, you, you do not need to try one more thing. Yeah. But, um, cause you know, I love to create, I love to create that's, you know, that's the best part. And so, um, I'm glad I had the time that I did, um, where, you know, it took time before I really saw it as a business opportunity because um, it was a big risk to jump and go all in, especially like, you know, I will share my age. I, I just turned 44. Like, you know, I, I think taking risk when you're in your 20s or even early 30s um, and especially before you start to throw kids in, I think it seems all I, I'm using air quotes. Sure, yeah. <laughs> it seems easier just because of, um, you know, when it was just my husband and I, you know, it, the money situation was different, you know, kids are expensive and daycare and school, it, you know, so it would have been easier to say, Oh, honey, I'm gonna like, just totally abandon my job. And that means no paycheck. Um, and it still would have been shocking had we not had a kid. But I think once you, you know, throw a child in the mix, you, it's, I may, I think it makes most people less risk averse. So it's almost like, I feel like now I'm starting a second career, meaning like my first part of my career was like corporate and fashion. And now, you know, the second journey of um, being on my own. Um, but I'm so glad I went all in and um, I was at the crossroads where I really needed to, my business had gotten so busy and, you know, the position I was in at work, I was working all the time you know, and I was at the point where I was like, I've got to do something like either I'm going to have to hire someone to run my business or I'm going to have to like do it myself. Like, cause we're just at the point where, you know, I had a lot of marketing things that just truly on the business side that weren't being attended to because mm -hmm. I just didn't have time. Yeah. And, um, so I had to make the hard decision. Um, like, what am I going to do? Like, go all in or do I baby this thing along, you know, for a couple more years. And I just felt Heidi, you know what? Life is really short. Um, I don't want to wait till I'm in my fifties. Cause just saying that out loud, like that seems <laughs> really scary. <laughs> like that seems really scary to take a leap, but you know what? Like I thought 40 something was old. Like when I was a kid and my mom was like, Oh, I'm 40 or whatever. But I don't know. Like, I don't feel that way now. I think, I think as a woman, it's hard because there's a lot of societal pressures about our age and, you know, 
and kind of staying in your lane, you're a mom, you're a wife and this, that, and the other. But, um, I, I feel energized and I feel, I feel so blessed that I did take the jump. And I, I feel like Heidi, if I can do it, cause I, I, I am nothing special in the sense of like, I was not born into a family of entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. I don't have a trust fund. I don't have like any sort of safety net. And I feel like if I can make a business and if I can make this leap, especially I'm going to air quotes again later in life, um, meaning not a 20 year old out of school. Like I am here to just encourage women. You can do it too. Yeah. And I think a lot of times as women, we, like I said, we get in the, the lane as a wife and a mom and we're caretakers. We take care of things. And so it's really hard to um, stop and ask ourselves like what we want for ourselves. And I think when we don't even allow ourselves that opportunity to dream, of course, then nothing's going to manifest. Mm. And I have so many friends, Heidi, like I feel like I've abandoned ship and I want to go back and get my friends like out of their situation and tell them that there's life on the other side. Cause I have a lot of friends who are still in the corporate design arena. It's a tough job and a lot of them aren't happy, but they've been in the career path 10, 15 plus years. And it's kind of like, well, we're making decent money. What else am I going to do? Yeah. Um, which I would think whether it's corporate design or if you're, I would think any path that you've been on for, you know, 15 years, 20 years, you're a nurse, you're a school teacher. I think anyone would be hesitant to say, Oh my gosh, I'm going to do something completely different um, at that stage in time. But, you know, I just, I would just encourage anyone male, female, you know, if you're not 100% loving um, what you're doing or just have a general, I just had a general sense that I wanted to do more. Um, my team, I had an amazing team. I loved the girls on my team. Um, I had an amazing boss. Like, you know, I wasn't in the situation where you hear horror stories about like every day, you know, a boss and now don't get me wrong along my career. I have, we've all had that. <laughs> we've all had those crazy coworkers and crazy bosses. Like, but you know, when I left that, those things weren't that what am I trying to say? Like that wasn't the situation when I left. Um, and so, but I just felt like, yes, this is good money. What I'm making, I'm making a good six figure salary. I have benefits. I have stability. I have a great team. Um, but like, what else is there? If this is all that there is, like, I, I want more. I want to maybe help more women in a meaningful way. I want to be more creatively fulfilled, um, on my own. Um, cause design's hard. It's, you know, you've done it before and there's a lot of opinions on design. You know, it's, it's, you're not really just designing a garment or a bag that's solely your idea. By the time it's done and in production, it's really morphed from your initial creative idea until kind of just a combination of ideas that's been cobbled together because you're in a corporate environment, the CEO weighs in, your merchant weighs in, um, that your um, tech person weighs in because of, you know, something, how it's going to hit on the body. So, you know, you don't have that creative freedom that one might think because you are in design. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, 
I <laughs> I think that's the biggest um, for people who aren't in the, in the industry. I, I'm sure anyone who's been a guest on your show, you know, they would all agree. Like, yeah, I I can understand that. But I think that's probably. I feel like one of the biggest misconceptions for people who aren't in the industry at all is that you just kind of have free reign when you're a designer. Yeah. And, I'm like shaking my head very heavily right now. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that it's, I'm going to another air quote that it's fun. Um, yeah. That it's, all, you know, and there is because it's a creative field. So there is some fun element to it, but it's a job just like anything else. It's not just so much fun every day. Yeah. Um, but you know, there are fun elements to it, but I think just to blanket it as fun, I, I think that's a misinterpretation. I mean, at the end of the day, it's still a job. There's still other people. You have to balance different personalities, different opinions. I mean, I think you can you can label that for any job. Um, there's still a lot of stuff to be juggled and, and various dynamics to work with. Um, I'm curious about a couple things. So, like, you know, you're you really started this kind of on the side as, like you said, a passion project and not even with the intent of turning into a business, kind of making something for yourself, which turned into gifts for friends and family, which turned into an excess of inventory in your basement, which I have literally been in that same situation with so many projects where I, you know, go to the craft store, I buy a bunch of supplies, I get really into it. Next thing I know, I've got 20 of them and I'm like, well, I only have 15 people to gift to, but I keep Keep loving making this thing um but then for me it, it does eventually die down and and so it you know it sets the side and it's just a hobby and it was a fun project yes. that lasted three months but like you said you ran with this for i think you said three and a half four years on the side so i'm first of all curious because i think um you know you you had a very demanding full-time job you were traveling you have a family um where did you even like did you, I mean, I mean, I think I might know the answer, but without seeding it, um, where do you think you even like found the time and the energy to run this, th- to build this and to slowly create and create and create and then get out there and do shops and sell on Etsy in addition to all the stuff you're already doing, your demanding day job, travel, family, child, all yeah. that. That's, I um, mean, you're juggling yeah. a lot for three or four years, it sounds like. Yeah, it was, I mean, I'm not going to lie. It was difficult. And I think it was a, it was a progression. Like had someone told me like from the future, like that first holiday season where I made a few gifts for people, if they would have said, Oh, by the way, you're going to need a marketing content plan and you're going to (laughs) need to know how, how to do Facebook ads. And you're going to have to reach out for press and media. I would have just said, um, no, thanks. Um, I'm going to move on to, you know, the next thing. Um, so I think it was gradual Heidi and I'm so glad it was because, um, building a business is overwhelming. And I think again, had somebody told me from day one, well, if you want to sell, you're going to have to do X, Y, and Z. I would have been like, Nope, Mm -hmm. like I I can't just because, so it's just like anything else. I think it's just like, the runner who is prepping for a marathon, if if somebody told them, okay, you've signed up to do this marathon um, tomorrow or on Saturday, get ready. We're going to go do 25 miles just mm. to see, you know, like um, that it was, even though I intentionally did not set out to say, okay, I'm going to do this gradually. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it just happened that way. And I'm so grateful that it did just because you're right. I was juggling a lot and it was like my passion project fueled me like the more I did it 
the more it fueled me to be like, oh my gosh, like this weekend, I can't wait to have all day Saturday and all day Sunday because I have collected new tears for color and spo. Mm. I got a new DVD on some new dyeing techniques. Like it was like one begat the other. And the yeah. more I did, the more it just fueled it. And, um, it, thank God it was gradual because by the end of it, it really wasn't until the, like, I would say until I left my corporate job and had the full time, you know, space to work on it full time. It's now me looking back saying, what was I like? How did I do that? <laughs> like, I was a crazy lady. And I think my husband, um, I think my husband would probably attest that I was a little crazy um, because I was wound a little tight, like because I was just rushing all the time. That was the other thing that led me to leave um, and focus on my business business because honestly, Heidi, like, I think I was fueled by adrenaline. I would wake up and I, the alarm would go off and I literally would pop out of bed, yank my son out of the bed. Come on, hurry. We got to go to school. I got to get to work. You know, everything was so tight. Um, and then to the rush to get home, you know, before a certain time. So I knew I had X amount of time to, you know, work on the business. I think it was just the passion that fueled it. And then I would say about halfway through is when I really started after I got on Etsy and saw, you know, I was making some sales and I was selling. That's when I really allowed myself to say, well, what if, like, mm. what if, like, what, what does this mean for you? What could you make this into a business? What would that mean for the family? Like, would you, wouldn't it be awesome to not be working on some like something like 18 hours a day? Like, wouldn't that be kind of awesome? Um, and just feel like you're a ping pong ball going from one thing to the next. And I, and I'll be honest, like, oh, I'll be honest. I felt like, shoot, I'm sorry. I didn't put my phone on. Do not disturb Heidi. Um, I felt like I wasn't, doing any of my things well, meaning like I felt like I wasn't being the best mom because mm. I was running crazy. I felt like, yes, at work, I was solely dedicated to my job. I mean, I had to be. But then when I was home working on my business, I felt like um, there was just so much that I knew that wasn't getting done that I was just like, um, and, and that, that was kind of torturesome. Like, oh my gosh, like I just feel like, I'm not getting anything done either place, you know? And so it was all those things coming together. Like I was seeing the opportunity, the potential opportunity for this to really be a business. I was starting to get strung out a little, a little worn thin between burning the candles at both ends. And then I just, the, I would say the third component idea is I, I let myself like dream and imagine. Yeah. Um, I think that's the biggest hurdle for anyone. Um, if you to just let yourself imagine the possibilities. And a lot of times we shut those dreams or things down before they're even out of the chute, you yeah. know, cause it's like, wait a minute, I don't have time. I can't do that. I you can't. know, we, yeah, there's a lot can't. of limitations in our heads. Yeah. And then money too. Um, I have just, the other reason why this has been great um, as far as, um, the gradualness of how this has grown is I have basically self-funded everything along the way, which that would have been really overwhelming from the beginning. You know, if somebody said, well, 
this is going to be really, you know, take all your money and you're not going to, you know, or you're going to have to take out a loan or so it's been really nice how everything has unfolded. And I, I feel like through the gradual process, through me just working so much and then on the flip side, allowing myself to dream, that's what drove me. Um, and then again, I did it till the last minute as long as I could until I just had to, you know, say, you know what, it's time to go all in. And when did you leave the corporate world? We're in, uh, we're, we're chatting um, May of 2018. When did you leave corporate? I, I left in August of 2017. Okay. So about, what's yeah. that, like 10 months, eight, eight, 10 months? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. congratulations on that. That's a huge step. But I also have to just congratulate you, Jackie, on like the perseverance to go for those three to four years, which I actually think is so brilliant and so smart of a path is to start slow, start small. I mean, like you said, you didn't even intend for it to be a business. But even if you had, you know, to do it on the side, to test the market, to not dump a bunch of your own money in on, you know, I'm going to rush it. I'm going to take this thing from zero to 60 in three months and try to just create a bunch of product. But I think it gives you the opportunity to see what works, see what doesn't work, um, get to know your customer, get to know the market, get feedback, you know, iterate, um, change things and slowly grow and develop to the point where you know, you know, I mean, you're constantly learning your customer and you're learning the market, but like, you know, quite a bit in those three to four years that you've been doing this on the side, then if you try to jump in head first, which can be so scary and so stressful financially, I think in particular. Um, So I, you know, sincerest uh, congratulations on, on growing this so slow and and kind of doing it this way. Thank you. Really, really exciting. Um, So I'm curious to know, a couple things. One is, like, wh- what was that tipping point like where you decided, I have to go all in on the business and I have to leave the corporate world? And I'm, and I'm also curious to know, how does that, you know, what are your thoughts on that moment in relation to what you said at the very, very beginning of the interview where you said, you know, when I graduated school, I thought, oh, I do not want to do my own thing. Like, I'm just going to a job. So I have to know, you know, what, like, did you think about that? And were you like, why is this different? Like, what was that yeah, moment like? I did. Okay. So it was really, um, I will, I will tell you a little bit about the day I decided. So I literally was in a huge coordination meeting, I think for like one of our spring line coordination meetings. And my mom, God love her, who's very religious. When I told her the story, she said, Jackie, you had an epiphany. I'm like, okay, mom, if you say so. But I was (laughs) sitting there and it was like the teacher from Peanuts, I just kind of went into myself and everyone, we were in this huge coordination meeting, 20, 30 people in the room. And I felt like everyone around me was like, won't, 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 And I was like, you know what, what am I doing? This was my internal dialogue. I'm running around like a crazy woman, meaning like just my life, like going to work, you know, my son, you know, he's in sports. He has a learning disability that he needs tutoring and just some extra things for. Thank God it's like nothing serious, but you know, he needs some help. My husband's very busy. He coaches my son's team. So I just feel like we have a lot going on in the house. So I just felt like I'm running around like a crazy woman. I am doing this business, but I feel torn that I can't put my full energy into it. 
and work is always going to be the same, meaning like this will always be more of the same. Mm -hmm. So what do I want to do? And that moment, I was like, this is it. Like what I was, I was waiting, Heidi, till kind of the stars and the planets aligned on paper Mm. finance. That's what I was waiting for. But as you know, like things in the house would break, like the furnace would break or, you know, just like financial obligations that just always seem to zap your money. And so financially on paper, you know, I had been saving some money, but financially on paper, it wasn't where I wanted to be, but I had some, like I, I'm not going to say I went out like with $0 in the bank, but it literally, I guess it wasn't epiphany. I said, you know what, this is it. And it literally was like a light bulb. Like I'm done. I'm really, I'm done. And I had to wait. Um, we were in the middle of a coordination week and I told my husband, I texted him and I said, I'm, I've made, I'm done. I like, I've made a decision. He's like, all right. Okay, good. <laughs> and he said, tell him today. And I said, I can't, we oh. have coordination meetings all week, you know, and I was presenting to the CEO on Friday. I'm like, well, that wouldn't be awkward at all. <laughs> um, so it was, it was really Heidi. So I came home and really, I had to really do a lot of, um, deep thinking because I knew the hardest part would be telling my, my team that reported into me mm-hmm. and I really loved and still to this day, love the girls. Like they're some of the best team members I have had. And as far as like a personal relationship, just great. And so I knew that was going to be, um, that was a thing that really was like, Oh, I hate this part. Um, so I really, you know, wanted to make sure I was sure. So I'm like, honey, I'm not going to tell work until Monday. Like, let me get through the weekend and get through this week of stressful meetings. But Heidi, I knew it was right because I almost forgot. Like I, like I, it was so right with me. I knew that I didn't even almost think twice about it. Mm. And then when it came time to go in on that Monday and give my notice, I almost forgot, you know, I, cause in my mind I was good. I was, was already done. done. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's and so, so interesting. It was, it was really surreal because I kind of had a jarring thought. Like I remember waking up that Monday going, Oh no, I got to go in and tell the girls like, this isn't going to be good. You know what? Because I was really right with it. I was good. I wasn't scared. That's how I knew it was right. And it wasn't out of anger. It wasn't, it wasn't like a knee jerk to anything. Mm -hmm. And that's how I knew it was right. Mm -hmm. But I will say it was a really surreal moment because I was like, how did I get here? Like, I never wanted my own business. I, you know, that was, I was happy working for, um, the big corporations and working with a team and kind of working with their resources, you know, like not having your own money or, you know, life on the line. Cause when you go in and work for someone else, you go in and you work for them and then you leave, you know? Um, and this is having your own business is so much more personal and you have so much more involved. Cause obviously if you, if this is all you're doing and it doesn't work, yeah. It's like, oh my goodness. And it's so personal. You're shoving 100% of yourself into this business. But I think what changed, I think Heidi, just some of it was um, after being in the business for 17 years and I had great experience. Again, I can't, I'm so blessed to have the experiences I did, but just seeing it was going to be more of the same and it's very stressful and more of the hours and the time commitment that was wasn't going anywhere. Uh, you know, people talk about work-life balance and I don't, I don't really know if there's such a thing, a true thing as work-life balance, but I think it's a balance you have to be able to live with yourself. 
Um, and I was like, am I happy with the work-life balance, like meaning working in a corporate environment, you know, in this retail environment, is that something I'm happy with? Or if I'm going to be devoting this much time to working, wouldn't it, like I was willing to finally gamble on myself. Like if I'm going to be working 16 hour days, I'm ready to go all in and work a hundred percent of those hours for myself and my business and see where it gets me. And I think the other thing I've learned is never say never. Meaning like I didn't leave corporate saying, Oh my gosh, I am never going to go back. Like, no, I didn't. And I still, to this day, am not saying that. Cause I think as soon as you put those ultimatums out there, the universe really likes to throw you a boomerang and challenge you. <laughs> <laughs> and so I will say like, I, while that is not my plan, um, I, I am, I love being able to focus on my business. I love being able to do things that maybe empower other women and collaborate with other women. I love that. Like this for now, I don't have a crystal ball, but this is really what I want to do. I feel like this is so right. And I feel like maybe it took me the 17 years to get to this spot to say, yep, this is what you are meant to do. And this is what you should be doing. And maybe it just took that time and going through the process to be able to realize that. Yeah, I'm a big believer in that, you know, everything we kind of go through in life is like a stepping stone to the next thing to the next thing to the next thing. And like, whether the process is a a month or three years or 17 years, like each thing kind of leads to the next. Um, And you never know like where you're going to end up at the end of that month, three years or 17 years. And and who knows where you'll be next year, but I think it's it's all part of the journey. Um, so I'm really excited that this is kind of where you've landed and it's so fun and you've gotten to like, like you say, you've said multiple times throughout our chat is, you know, dream a little and say like, you know, what if, what if I could do this? And now, you know what, you are doing it and that's so cool. Um, I'd love for you to talk a little bit about what has been... Like, what have been some of the the steps that you've taken in the process that you've gone through to go from, you know, selling on Etsy and selling at pop-up shops to, like, where you are now? Um, and I don't know if you're still doing either of those things in addition to your own site or, or what else is, um, you know, have you been able to build to kind of keep moving the business to the next level what's that been like you know taking it from like a side thing to now this is your full time for you know the last eight to ten months um how have things transitioned i think that can feel like a really really big jump for a lot of people like okay i can sure make some make some stuff on the weekend and I can sell them at a craft fair. And, and I was doing that for a long time when I first started in the industry, I, I get that whole journey sure. um, and I was on Etsy too. And so, but I think going from that to, all right, I'm going to dive in full force. This is a hundred percent full time. Like, what is that? What have you kind of done to, sure. to keep moving forward with that? Yeah. I'd love to share. So the good thing is, is I had, after I'd been on Etsy for maybe a year, I realized Etsy's, I highly recommend, like if you're just starting, Etsy's a great platform to be on. It takes the, um, it takes kind of some of the pressure off of like learning how to do your own website and some of those things that can just be so overwhelming. But I learned after the first year that selling on Etsy, like those customers weren't my own, you know, like you can't contact them directly. You can't capture emails. They're basically Etsy customers. Mm -hmm. So there's, 
there's good about Etsy, but there's also some risk. And Etsy can also shut your shop down at any time if they see as something being infringed upon or, you know, there's a variety of reasons. So I don't want to make anyone think like, oh my gosh, like in a second, they'll shut you down. But, you know, it's, it just felt a little unnerving because I was, I was getting more serious about my business and then learning, just investigating into more what it truly meant to be on Etsy. I was like, oh, okay. So thank God before I left my job, I had um, built my own website, which that I was up and running with that for oh, about a year and a half. Um, was it a year and a half? It was at least about a year and a half um, of having my own website. I, I keep a small uh, uh, presence on Etsy just because I feel like there are so many people that go to Etsy to shop, like look, looking for those handmade items. Um, I do like to have a small um, presence on Etsy just in case, you know, it could lead more customers to me, but I focus, I would say 99% of my energy on my own website. Mm -hmm. So I had built my own website and then and really learned, um, like you need to be collecting emails, which I would say, you know, that was another part in the process. Cause had someone said in the beginning, well, at your first show, start getting emails. I would have been like, what, like, what are you talking about? Um, so I had started my own website, which was great because then that's when I started realized like treating it more like a business when I got my own website and I realized there was things I needed to be doing, like collecting the emails. I also started blogging on my site. Um, those were things I had started doing. Thank goodness before I had left, um, my job. Cause like you said, it could have been really overwhelming to be like, okay, um, yesterday was your last day at your job. And then today, like you just have this whole new world of what, and no idea what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. Um, I would say what helped me, Heidi, is I had joined a business group that someone had, um, either I had Googled or stumbled upon it. I don't remember, or someone had referred me. So I had joined a wonderful online business club group for basically anyone selling anything. Like it didn't necessarily have to be fashion. It was just basically selling online. And that opened up a whole world of resources, which I can't recommend enough. Again, it's just that community, finding like-minded in individuals. And because it opens you up to so many resources, like in that group, like simple to me now, things that seem simple, like Fiverr and Upwork. Like I had no idea what Fiverr and Upwork are. And for those of you who may not know, Fiverr and Upwork are great um, websites for freelance work. Like let's say you need a ghostwriter for your blog, or let's say you need photos edited. You can go and, you know, hire a person just for that job. So it's not like taking on like contract freelance labor on a long-term basis. Mm -hmm. So it really open the world to say, Oh, I don't have to do all the self stuff myself. Like I had been, cause I didn't know about those things. So that really helped me. Um, cause it just opened to my eye, opened my eyes on all the things that I could be getting help with, um, in a way I could afford it because yeah. as a solopreneur, you do try and do everything, but you do get to the point where my biggest recommendation is like, after you do it for so long yourself, just so you know the ins and outs, you've got to start to get some help. And it doesn't mean like, oh, I got to hire five full-time employees. I have people that I use on Upwork and uh, Fiverr for 
anything from helping me put an ebook together to um, editing a video, because that's not my forte. Like I'm not really good at editing a video and adding subtitles and music. That's that's not my forte. And so the time it would take for me to figure that out, I can hire someone on those platforms for relatively. I mean, it's it's so affordable. Um, so that was something was first joining a business group. And then I started one-on-one coaching with the mentor of the group. Mm. Um, just because I knew, like I had said at some point, I saw the light. I was like, Oh, I think I can do this as a business, but the time it would take me, I wanted to expedite the process as much as I could. So I knew having some one-on-one coaching, would really speed that up. Cause I, you know, like I said, I had already been doing it for, you know, several years. And then I was like, well, at this pace, you know, it'll be several more years. So I would say to the other thing, just that individual coaching was amazing. Um, just to help quick, you know, quicken the process, I guess, and yeah. help me get up to speed. And it was really helped me on the marketing side Um, I think for creatives, like I love the creation process, like that's like the best thing ever, but I will say then you've got to market those amazing products that you've made. And for someone like myself, like the business side, I would, I'd always been on the creative side. So, and when you're part of a big organization, that's the luxury of being part of a big environment is we could pass off. We you know, we would pass off like the marketing request to the marketing department, the marketing department would shoot the catalog and, you know, do the videos. Well, now when you're on your own, you're doing all of that. So my coach and I, we don't focus on the creative aspect, because that's, you know, I don't need help with that. But what we focus on is the marketing, like, how are you getting yourself known in this amazing worldwide web that we have? It's amazing, but it's also like you're a needle in the haystack too. Yeah, it's very crowded. And, oh. and the, the saying of like, build it and they will come. It's like, who <laughs> made up that saying? Because it's, I don't know, maybe someday way back when, but not anymore. You can build it and they will not just come. Like you have to go out there and find them and tell them. And that marketing side of it is so important. Oh. Um, where did you discover your business group and like find this network and community and, and resources? Because I think that's a lot of people are like, oh, well, how do I magically yes. just find this group? No, I know. Like I said, um, the internet is is amazing. I had met um, some fellow just like artisan maker business people on Instagram. And you know, you start Mm -hmm. to follow people and you become friends, you know, we all make our Instagram friends. And that's, that's the beauty of stumbling upon some people that are in a similar position as you. And it was either one of my, I'll call them my Instagram friends that I just got asking questions about, Hey, do you know of any like resources or classes? And I, if I'm not mistaken, she then like sent me an email with like, well, I've used these people and I've looked da, 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 da. And I then just dug into her list of resources, like five, five links and just thought, ha, where would this be good? You know, where, who and what looks good to me and applicable mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. So you know, I feel like I got very lucky um, in that regard. But I will tell you the very first business group, the very, very first business group um, was 
it was a business group solely targeted towards Etsy makers. And I found that I don't know if they retarget like now that I know what I know about Facebook ads, it showed <laughs> it showed up in my Facebook feed, like join this group. And at the time I had no idea about like Facebook retargeting, but I think they must have found me and put it on my feed um, just because it showed up and I'm like, Oh, what's this group? This sounds like what I need. So again, it was just a gradual process of like, I found that business group first and then I felt like I needed something different when I really was almost a hundred percent focused on my own website because the first business group was truly about Etsy Mm -hmm. and you know, how to really optimize your, your Etsy site, your tags, like everything that just goes into Etsy. Um, so I feel like I got really lucky with making some like, like similar friends on Instagram who are also makers and just ask questions. I cannot stress enough. Just ask. Like I, like what I said earlier, as far as like, if I can do this, anyone can do this. Meaning like I did not have any special skill sets or special contacts in the industry, but I think what I am good about is being very transparent. Like, I don't know, like, can you help? Like, what did you do when you launched or what did you do? Like just asking the questions. I am not afraid to, I don't think you look stupid when you ask questions. And I think you're only hurting yourself. Um, when you don't ask those questions, like, so I'm not afraid to ask questions. Like where, who, who did you get help from? Who would, did you have a website developer? Who's your photographer? So I would just encourage anyone, don't be afraid to ask those questions. And you know what, if someone isn't that forthcoming, that's fine. Move on from them and find someone who is. And that's where I, I love to tell my story. And as far as like my journey and I would love to share, like I will share a resource. Oh, I use this person on Fiverr. Here's a link to them. Like it's not about, um, hiding resources. And one thing that I think that's funny, Heidi, in this journey is, and and I love it in your intro in the podcast, where you find that it's a tight lipped, it's hard to get information. I feel that way almost in like through my corporate journey, that um, I, I totally agree with that statement that it's like, cutthroat, it's hard to, you know, get the information that you need. But I will say now that I'm in more of this entrepreneur circle, I have been so amazingly just blessed surprised just so happy with the people that are just like oh you need help with that I can tell you who I use like just again it's just been a process it's almost like chipping away a brick at a time um finding new people asking them questions and then it's just like oh you need help with that I'll be glad to refer you to someone and that's where you feel like oh my gosh like thank you so much just because it can be hard to find the information. It can really be hard. So I think my biggest tip to anyone looking, don't be afraid to even DM someone on Instagram or Facebook or whatever um, social media channel. That's the other thing that is beautiful about this World Wide web and just the social media channels. You can pretty much reach out to anybody. And yeah, somebody may not answer you back and that's cool, but just move on to your next person and just ask them a question. And I feel at least I can only speak at my experience, people genuinely want to help others. And um, that's the best way to get that kind of the 
inside scoop. Yeah, I think I'm there's so much truth in that. And, um, and I have found the same thing amongst sort of the entrepreneurial spirited people that that we are really excited about sharing resources yes, and exchanging sure. knowledge. But here's the one thing I have to throw out that I bet you did. Um, and maybe you didn't even realize it. But but is, there's a there's a there's a really big difference, I think, between ask, 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 take, 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 not doing any work, not doing any research, kind of going in super blind, super cold, just wanting someone to deliver everything to you on a silver platter versus going in a little bit prepared. Like you, I know just based on what you've said and your attitude and your demeanor, like you've done your research you've kind of started to figure out what you can figure out on your own. And then you ask questions. So there's a, there's a, a the really big difference between going in and just, I mean, because I get DMs from people that it's pretty clear they haven't done the research. They didn't even search on my website for this, you know, this one keyword that would have led them directly to yeah. the answer. And oh, that's yeah. where I think um, there's, for a lot of people, they're like, well, I asked for help, but nobody's helping me. I'm oh. like, but that's because you're not even doing any of the upfront I... initial legwork. Oh, you right? nailed it, sister. You just nailed, sister. You just nailed it on the head. People, I, and maybe you're right, and I didn't even put it into that context. People are so willing to help you if they see that you're trying to help yourself. Yes. Because you're right. I don't care what industry you're in. No one is going to give you a hand up if you're not helping yourself because it is like as you, the entrepreneur route is so hard. And so you feel like you are just climbing brick by brick, you know, notch by notch. And so you have to figure a lot out on your own. And if mm -hmm. you see someone that's new to the game, I've had people, DM, it's been a while, like, oh, well, where'd you find your fabric? I'm like, like yeah, no. Like, you know what? I, like, just really blunt and just yeah. kind of out of. It's, now, someone would have said, oh, my gosh, like, I'm trying to do a new quilting business. I have checked these websites. I have been to these trade shows. I can't find what I want. Do you have any suggestions? Night and day. I, yes. Heidi, yes. I, will, <laughs> I will bend over backwards. I'll say, send me an email. Give me your email because I got too much to type. You know, yes. like, you know, I love to help other people. But you're right. My radar goes off if someone's like well, where'd you find blah, 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 because I, you know, you know, you're right. You're you can totally tell in the inquiry. Totally right. Yeah. Yes. I love that. You phrased it yes. really well. I will help you as long as you've shown that you've tried to help yourself too. That's great. Oh, I'm it, stealing no, that one from you. <laughs> I, and here's the thing, like this is, I'll say it again. I love the journey on, I'm on because it's not just about my business. It's about helping others. Yeah. And I, like I just connected two people yesterday. Um, because I had worked with a boutique owner and then an editor was like, Oh, I'd love to meet her. Would you mind doing an introduction? Absolutely. Like that's, that's a win win. Like I love to connect people and you know, but again, if someone's just sitting behind their computer shooting out emails saying, I don't know where to find this or I have, I don't, you know, the difference because usually you're right. Heidi, someone will, will tee it up and phrase it like, okay, I'm trying to build this type of a business. I have done X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. Here is my struggle. What would you recommend? And I just think I love the entrepreneurial community. I, because you're, it's like a, it's a community or it's like an insider club. And if someone else finds out that you are trying and you legitimately have been trying to help yourself, 
people are so willing to help. And that's what makes this journey so exciting because it is different from corporate. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I love ah, that. So good. Yeah. Um, so I would love to hear um, a little bit more uh, about like your business. So are you um, focusing exclusively on online direct to consumer? Are you doing wholesale? Like what is your, your sort of structure look like? Because you, I mean, you've, you've, you know, you, you had 17 years in the industry, you know, about like product distribution and manufacturing and production. Um, you know, what does that look like for you? Are you still hand making everything? And is that part of the process you just love so much? You hope you can scale that or where are you at yeah, with the business logistics a- and, and structure? Sure. Like, that's a great question. Cause Heidi, I love, like, I love the making part of it. I feel like I'm in a Zen state. Like I could mm. die not like kill myself, die, but like die, dying my D-Y-E. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know it sounds so weird. Cause like, I'll tell my friends always oh, downstairs dying. And they're like, what? Um, <laughs> I love, like, I really feel like, you know, people talk about flow states and I never knew what that was until like, I, I would just be dying and hours would go by and I'm like, Oh my gosh, like, where's the time go? So, um, it is, I hope to be able to scale that that part of it, Heidi, just because I do like, that's what fulfills me. And I, I'm not ready to give that up yet, but I Mm -hmm. fully, it's like one of those things I know could be coming, but I don't really want to acknowledge it at this moment. Like I'm kind (laughs) of like, nope, nope, I'm not going to think about that. Like I know at some point I may have to hand that over. Um, but it's also hard. What I'm doing is a trained learn skill. Um, it's hard. It's, I don't want to make it sound like other, like a computer skill. You kind of teach someone once maybe the process and I don't want to demean or make it sound like computer skills are easier to learn. I think it's just, it's an artistic process. That's yeah. harder to, I would have to take on a, a protege or apprentice or something like just because the amount of time, um, that would be involved. So I'm ready to do that when the business is ready. Um, but for now, so what I do, Heidi, is I work on, like, I have a contract seamstress who is amazing. She is like, oh my gosh, like she can do anything, make anything. She's, she's fantastic. I would be lost without her. Um, so I, like I use her and then I have, um, another girl who is my go-to, person who works part-time for me and she helps me with events. She helps me with blog posts. If I say, Hey, I, you know, I got, I need some help finishing this up. She helps me add list. Like she is amazing. And then I also, like I was saying, I utilize people off of Fiverr and Upwork for more of those, um, so after, for example, after I had my website built, my first website, I switched platforms to Shopify, which I am not an affiliate of theirs, but I, I would just tell anyone like go to Shopify first. Their, their platform is amazing. Um, and after I'd switched my platform over, I had a lot of back end issues just from like the website migration. So, you know, I hired a web guy off of Upwork to optimize my site and get all the bugs and kinks worked out because that is not my, that is not my skill set at all. And I think I'd rather go have a root canal than work on like back end. Like that is not my jam at all. And I'm like, Oh, this is so painful. Yeah. I, you, you want X. Okay. I'll pay you X just to have it done. Yeah. So, you know, you're lean and mean, you kind of bootstrap. You're like, okay, like I can't hire a full-time person. 
but like, what can I do? So I contract out, um, like the people I was just referring to, I'm looking into like now that, um, a lot of the college students are out like tomorrow, I have a meeting with an intern, you know, so you take the opportunities as they come. Um, and then just to answer your question, I am primarily business to consumer. Um, I do a little bit of wholesale, um, not a lot. And that's by design. Um, I am trying to be, how should I say, I know I'm not, my price points by no means are target, but I'm trying to stay more in a realm that is affordable to more women. Um, and I can say women cause I sell, you know, female accessories and female, um, clothing, but, and my prices would have to go, you know, a nice jump up to to really be profitable from wholesale. Mm -hmm. And I really enjoy the business to consumer, meaning like I love getting to know my customers. I love that, you know, I'm building a community on Facebook who I recognize the people who show up for my Facebook live videos as the names coming through in the system for, I I love that part of it. And, um, I, so I'm online, but then I do about 15 to 20 events a year, um, in-person events. And again, the, the shows are hard just because, you know, you pack up your life, pack it in your car, then you go unload it. They're hard just from that standpoint. Then you stand on your feet for two days straight. But what's amazing though, is the interaction. I have met so many lovely people, um, even if they didn't buy that day, but you know, they'll take a card and then like, Hey, I remember you, you know, I'm going to buy this scarf for my mom for mother's day now. And it's just really, um, rewarding to build and make those relationships. Um, and I will say, of course, in five years or I, I don't even know the time frame. I, I would hope that, um, the, the online part would be more of an income generator than the shows just because I, I am realistic that, you know, this type, I've been doing the shows as well for going on four years. They're hard. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's like a trade show. It's like doing a trade show essentially where you're, you're setting up, you're packing up, you're prepping the week before you go, you stand for two days and talk with people, which is amazing. But then at the end of it, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm so tired. It's exhausting. <laughs> and, it's, and I feel like my back has telescope to be like an inch long from standing, you know, like, it's, you're tired, your back hurts. Like there's some real, you know, there's some realness to it as much as I love the shows. Um, I, I hope, you know, in the future that I would um, scale it down to the shows that I know are my best and most profitable and then um, have most of the income generated from online. Mm-hmm. Just because, again, I know it's, it, those, those things are hard and yeah. they're physical and mental. Um, but I do, if I could have my wish and had a team of fairies that could pack it all up and I just had, <laughs> and I could just go and stand, I would probably say I could do them forever, but it's, you know, it's a lot of hard work. So, and I'm just realistic that, you know, after so much time, I'm sure after a while, you're just like, okay, like I can't pack this car up one more time and go stand and 90 degree weather what for the outside art shows that I do like you know you're standing out there in 90 95 degree weather and it's hard but um I do love I do love the customer aspect of it though yeah and you know what um you get to hear their needs too it's amazing just in a casual conversation um if you just 
just talk. And then it's not even a, a hard sell like, oh, well, what do you think about the scarf? What do you think about these pants? What do you think? It's really, you know, if you, if you just listen, people will tell you. Um, and I think the other thing, too, is I just want to be a vehicle of encouragement. I hear so many women that come in and just like, oh, I'm this, meaning like, oh, I've gained so much weight. I can't wear that. I'll look horrible. I, And you know what? I just have to stop and say, you look beautiful. Like, stop. Like, because I think as women, we're so hard on ourselves. And, you know, if I can just be that source of interruption for two seconds so they don't look at themselves and say, oh, I, you know, I can't wear that. I'm too this or I'm too that or, you know, my butt's big or, you know, because we're very hard on ourselves yeah. as women. And I hear that so much and I want to change that person by person. We're beautiful. We're all beautiful. Any shape, size, you know, age, it doesn't matter. And, you know, and if they get that little gleam of positivity from like visiting me in my booth, then I consider that a success. Oh, that's amazing. That's so lovely. Um, I love it. Yeah, yeah, that's really, really cool. I am so excited about everything that you're doing and this this phenomenal journey you've been on. And um, I mean, really big congratulations on everything you've built. Again, so slowly and so passionately. And it's pretty clear that like this is something, you know, this is something I've talked about with other guests is like, you know, when when you want something so badly, when you're so passionate about it, it's like this extension of your own being and and it it sounds like that's what it has been for you like you have to do it yes like to do it on the side of your full-time super demanding day job while also juggling a family like it was something that had to happen there was you physically could not refrain yes you're right like and I didn't yeah at the I guess that's why they call it a passion and you know I would recommend to anyone um if they're wanting to start their business, I do recommend doing it on the side first. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to, I am not going to prescribe the length of the time. Like, Oh, do it on the side sure. for a year, six months. To, Cause everybody is different and everybody's in different situations. Um, but I do think it is a great way to just start learning your way through the rope. So it's not as overwhelming when you go both feet in because there is so much to know. It could be really overwhelming if you, It was kind of like, consider all of that like your training, like that's your training. So then when you go full time into it, you are prepped and ready. And what that looks like for someone, is it a month? Is it a year? I don't know. But I would say don't be discouraged if you do have to do it on the side for a while. There's benefits to doing it on on the side there. You you won't regret it. Yeah, I couldn't agree. Yeah, yeah, you won't. And I know it's like I'm a creative. I'm passionate. I am one to be like, okay, let's do it. Let's go. You know, like I don't like to belabor anything. Um, And, you know, there was at times where I had to find myself being patient, like it will happen when the time is right. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, it was for me years. um, I guess everything just unfolded like it was supposed to. And I would just say, trust your gut. Um, Like I said, the my experience of the day when I was in that coordination meeting and something just came over me like I knew it was right because I was at peace and I wasn't scared I wasn't mad like I just was like oh this is this is time so I can't say enough trust your gut and if there's something that has been kind of not nagging you in the back of your head like oh I wish or I should be doing more sewing or knitting or baking whatever it is listen to that that is that is your inner like soul or whatever you want it. Like that is speaking to you and it's coming through the cracks. So 
I would just encourage, listen to your gut. Your gut usually won't steer you wrong. Yeah, such great advice. So many really wonderful things you've shared today. Um, It's been so fantastic to chat with you. Please share, where can everybody find you online and and all the great work that you're doing? Sure. Um, Our website, which is um, Dietology, D-Y-E, T-O-L-O-G-Y.com. And then we also have all the social media handles like on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube um, at Dietology. Awesome. I will link to all of that in the show notes. And Jackie, I'd love to end with the question I ask everybody at the end of the interview. Um, What is one thing people never ask you about working in the fashion industry that you wish they would? Oh, boy, the infamous final question. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so I would think I kind of have if I can have two things because I feel like I wished when I was in corporate, people would have asked me when I was in it, like, do I love it? Do I love love being in the industry? And no one ever asked that. They People would say, like, I just, you know, friends and family or like, you know, a relative when they would ask you, well, what are you doing these days? And I would say designing, blah, blah, blah. Everybody would just automatically say, oh, how fun. Yeah. I bet that's so fun. Like, no one really asked like, well, do you love it? Is it awesome? Like they just automatically went to the fun word. Um, so that would be, I wish people would have asked that while I was in the corporate side. Yeah. And then I think now as an kind of now on my entrepreneur road, I think good questions to ask. Cause I think most people get into a business doing like a passion Um, whether it's jewelry making that they turn into a business baking, blah, blah, blah. And I think people should be asking, um, what's it really like? Meaning like, what is the percentage of time you spend doing that activity versus the rest of other duties? Cause meaning like for me, designing the clothing. Yeah. Versus the rest of the stuff. Exactly. Because again, I think it's been really eye opening to me along the way. And as I've grown my business and gotten, like treating it as a business. I know for me, Heidi, and again, everybody's business could be different, but I need to be spending, I have found kind of the equation for me is that I need to be spending 20% of my time creating and the 80% like marketing, promoting, making content, blogging, like all those other things. And I think had you would have said that to me years ago, I would have been like, oh, why don't I want it to be like 80% creating 20%. (laughs) But I think it's different when it's your business and you're, it's still all going towards the greater good. Like, of course, who wouldn't want to spend 80% of their time just making and doing cool stuff? But um, I would just say, yeah, ask those questions because, again, even though it's your own business, you're not going to spend all of it on tasks like that you love to do. Yeah. There's still work at the end of the day. There's still work that has yes, to be done. <laughs> yeah, even though it's your business and it's great because it's yours and no one's telling you like, oh, you have to do this. You know, it is a discipline to say, oh, I, you know, those emails aren't going to get written or <laughs> <laughs> unless I do them. So I think that's just uh, my my question now that I, I'm in the entrepreneur zone is just really what's it like meaning the percent of time that you should expect or what's a good guideline um, just so people again, don't jump ship or start their own business thinking that it's just going to be creative or baking those cakes or making jewelry all the time. Cause it, it's not, yeah. it's not. 
Great, great questions. Yes. Um, really, really love those, both of those answers. Um, it has been so much fun to chat with you today, Jackie. Uh, thank you so much for sharing your story and all the great tips and inspiration. Um, really, really loved everything you had to say. Well, thanks so much, Heidi. And I truly mean it when I said, if you have any of your listeners, they can hit me up, DM me, or you know, if they have any questions about resources or business groups. I, I I meant what I said. I'll be glad to answer any questions that anybody may have if it helps them in their journey. That is really generous. Thank you so much. Well, thanks so much, Heidi. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Successful Fashion Designer Podcast. I appreciate each and every one of you. As a reminder, if you haven't yet, I would be so grateful if you would share this episode or the podcast in general with a friend of yours on Facebook or Instagram, whatever social media platform you hang out on. It really helps get the word out there. I get so much great feedback on the podcast and people always tell me, gosh, I wish I discovered this a year ago. So do them a favor and help them discover it sooner. It's really a great way to spread the word and to help everybody out there trying to make it in this tough industry. As always, if you'd like to learn more about any of the resources mentioned in this episode, visit the show notes at sfdnetwork.com slash 61. Thank you so much, and I will talk to you in the next SFD episode.